Hey, Cam. Yeah, Miles? Have you ever heard of uh, Balin's Route? No. Is that a movie? Hmm. Well, compared to the other things that are, it's around, yes. Yes, it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newly named Inconceivable Media. I am your host, Miles. And I'm Cam. And today we're going to take a look at a neat little video on YouTube referred to as Balin's Route. What, what is this? I mean, it's like a, a short film, but this has given me like vibes of, uh, did you ever see There Will Be Brawl back in the day? No, I don't think I have. Oh, okay. It it very much reminded me of that, of just a whole bunch of people that are like huge nerds that want to make something that is video game related. Dang, I feel like I need to show you There Will Be Brawl. Uh, not as great production quality wise, but that's because it came mm -hmm. out in 2009. So it very much was just a whole bunch of nerds that were just shooting stuff in their backyard. <laughs> so technically, Viva La Dirt League, the... The group of people who actually oh, made, who made Baldwin's okay. uh, Balin. uh, uh, route, they are a big group of nerds. And they decided that, uh, you know, to start off their Viva La Dirt League, they would actually take video games that are common mm -hmm. and do like short skits on them, a couple minutes here and there. Oh, I see. Sort of like uh, stuff like the, the fan-made Zelda trailer from <laughs> also like a decade ago. Kind of, but I feel a little like different. I feel um, like I'm really showing my age here in terms of YouTube original content. So a lot of their stuff makes fun of uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, or the one that introduced me to the group is uh, Escape from Tarkov. Well, that's kind of recent, I'd say. Yeah, very recent. And then they also do some other things about first-person shooters, and they have a whole other series that they call uh, Board, or the Playtech series. And uh, it's basically working in a retail electronics store, such like uh, Best Buy. EB Games. EB Games. Uh, not so much EB Games, but more along the lines oh, of like Memory oh, Express. Like oh, okay. Computer so technology the, stuff. Okay, the bigger box stores. Okay, and less the retail outlets. Yes. I see. So uh, they have a lot of really good ones there. Some of my favorites are uh, the Karen Chronicles, where the people have to interact with Karens. Or uh, the one guy, one of the recent ones that I really like. The one guy's uh, talking to a guy who uh, he's getting an 80% off a keyboard. It's a sale that's on. Mm -hmm. So uh, he, he came in really close to the time of uh, the sale being over because they're closing. Of course. And the guy's stalling and stalling. Be like, you know, you're so lucky that you're getting this deal. You're such a great customer and all that. Is that because he didn't then, want to complete the sale? Well, the thing is, he manages to complete the sale. And the guy goes, great. So he pulls out the keyboard and goes, no, let me just make everything all complete. And he takes the keyboard. Puts it on the table with a portion of it hanging off the edge. Oh, no. Pulls out a saw and saws the thing and takes off 20% uh, of the keyboard. Puts it back in the box and gives it to him. What? <laughs> what? Because it was 80% off the keyboard. Oh, so 80% off the price and keyboard. <laughs> that's all right. That's that's special. So this is the kind of stuff that you're used to seeing Viva the, the uh, Viva Liber, the Dirt League. Uh, great guys, 
Uh, they have a bunch of Twitch stuff too that they do where you can like watch them play video games. So where are these? Uh, where are they based? Are they like based in Europe? Are they North American? Or are they uh, which do, part of the world do they hail from? Uh, I'm pretty sure that they hail from New Zealand. Uh, you can tell by their accent, actually. <laughs> that actually explains so much about why I thought the landscape was familiar in mm-hmm. this. In this, oh my gosh. Well, it's very reminiscent of Lord of the Rings. Right, because uh, they filmed because right? they filmed in New Zealand. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, That's by great. all means, these are just a group of nerds playing around in their backyard of I New mean, Zealand. <laughs> they've got a great backyard to work with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, I'm, so Balin's route, right? I got to say, I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's something that I necessarily would actually watch again, but... It was still really well made, so really good job by them. Yes, I would agree. Even like the cosmetics in that, mm-hmm. I don't think they had a very big budget. I I would be surprised if they had a million dollars for this. I think they probably only had like 200000 or maybe something like that. It was backed by Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so I, just, I don't think I they had a yeah. whole ton of money to do this. And they did an amazing job with it. And uh, I, I thought you'd like it because I know you like your role-playing games, uh, tabletop and a uh, little bit of online. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, considering... So is this new? Like, is, was this maybe done within the last year or something? I think it was... In, yeah, the last year. Wow. Okay, so just the last year. Well, then that makes a lot of sense why they can get a lot done with not as much money as you'd think because these guys have been doing videos for years. So they probably have quite the setup already. And yeah, they probably have a whole lot of expertise for editing and even just finding little things for um, like visual effects and things like that. Like for example, um, the thief taking the gold coins from the one NPC or whatever it's probably not hard to make some kind of an effect like that. I'm pretty sure they actually borrowed that effect from another video that they have um, in a series referred to as Epic NPC Man, which is basically all of the, uh, I would argue, the clones of Baldur's Gate, um, oh. <laughs> World of Warcraft. Right. Uh What's another big one? Uh, EverQuest. EverQuest and uh, Guild like, Wars. Yeah, Guild Wars, yeah. So one of the things that that saying that, that really reminds me of is uh, a skit where they have with this girl and she like walks up to this NPC and is like, oh, you know, I want to buy this armor. And then the NPC is like, oh, I'm sorry, but you don't have enough money for that. Uh, perhaps you can buy it later or something. And she like takes two steps back and like turns around and goes... I'm a girl. And then every, all these guys just like hoard around her and they start like throwing money at her. And you can just see the money, like different money symbols going up. They're like, oh my God. And she's just like saying, oh, did she just go into the, like curling her hair and everybody's throwing money at her in front of the NPC. And the NPC is like, what? This isn't even fair. And then, of course, uh, she's like, okay, I'm done with all this now. And like walks away and walks up to the NPC and is like, can I buy that armor? And he's like, what the hell? why is this like oh this is so terrible yeah Uh, that that i would say is probably the one thing about this where again very well made and everything the only thing about it that it came off to me is you know kind of trite and you know a well uh a well drawn from well (laughs) of ideas for all the things that they did so again i have 
no disparaging comments for how this was made. I'll just say that, you know, to me, it kind of, in a way, it kind of bounced off me because I'm like, I have seen this before a whole bunch of other ways. So this doesn't resonate the way this would have resonated to me maybe a decade ago if this is the first time I'd seen something like this. Because, oh my goodness, I have seen so many movies and comics and memes and like <laughs> animes that are based off of the whole NPC suddenly breaks free of their programming. I mean, there was a, it's not like there wasn't a Hollywood movie starring Ryan Reynolds that just came out that was about this same premise. Very true. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Free Guy for a, kind of the same reason why, again, this kind of bounced off of me where I was just kind of like, eh, seen it a few times already, not interested. <laughs> But uh, but since I don't have to pay money to see this, that's why I'd say, you know what? Pretty good. I'd still, it was worth my time. And you know what? The amount of time put into it exactly. that you need to isn't even that much. It's only half an hour. Exactly. Like you, could, you could sit there and watch this waiting for a dental appointment or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one thing I did like um, that I did feel was unique within the confines of the genre, effectively, that they're doing was the fact that Balin has only three responses. He ha- he has his laugh, he has his morning, and then great day for fishing, huh? Or, which I can't remember if it was great day or whatever. Yeah. Sometime, something like good, that. Good day for fishing, ain't it? That's right. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it's kind of similar to other movies and stuff like that where you have the one character who only has one response. The one that I immediately think of would be Groot, where all he says is, I am Groot in different ways. So the thing I liked about this here is that he had more than one phrase. He had three distinct so lines. The thing that I like about Baldwin's Gate compared to Groot. You mean Baldwin's Route? Oh, Baldwin's Route. Well, <laughs> as you can see, it all blends together very well. Yeah, right. Uh, the thing I like about Baldwin's Route more than mm-hmm. Groot or Bewin in this case and more than Groot is Bewin can at least speak with different uh he has different inflection different inflection mm-hmm. yeah so where Groot very much doesn't change the way he says things or it's it's very it's a little too subtle yeah in my opinion yeah I'd agree um Bewin's able to like show fear anger confusion happiness sadness mm-hmm. well just using those three Different, audio cues yeah. or those mm-hmm. three audio uh scripts yeah so that really says a lot about the person portraying about Baylin. yeah i mean and that is probably one of the differences between having an actual person as opposed to group being you know computer generated right yes um I will say that I do know that uh, over the arcs of the films that Groot is in, he is different because of the fact that when he's uh, just a, a seedling, he responds in a certain way. And then when he's a moody teenage sapling, he acts a certain way. And then when he's basically a full grown tree, he then is a little bit different there. But you're right in the sense that it's still very much just, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. And that's that's about it. That's all of his Not range. knocking Vin Diesel for, you know, his abilities or anything like that. But 
There's only so much you can do with three words. Yeah, there is. Especially <laughs> when you have to put a whole voice over it. Yeah, right. So this is not at all Vin Diesel's fault. This is more of the... Uh, just just the nature of the, the way the characters. The character, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this There's one thing that I found interesting about Balin's route is the fact that it's a very weird RPG that they're in because of the fact that all of these player characters keep going, oh my goodness, can you help me to the NPC? And I'm sitting there going, is this your first time playing an RPG? NPCs don't help you. You're not supposed to be able to hire them into your party and things like that. What the heck is this? NPCs you interact with and then that's it. You can kill them and raise the ire of all the other NPCs around you. But generally speaking, the NPCs are not allowed to interact with you beyond like their quests and stuff. I'm pretty sure in Baldur's Gate you were actually able to hire on NPCs. Okay, that's that's because like okay, I said, they are meshing right, they are yeah. meshing all of these other groups together. That's all these true. other games together to come up with uh the overall uh basically the the world that they're doing this epic NPC man right. in. Yeah, that I would say in that case, that changes things a little bit. I'm just thinking of it more from recent stuff. So again, Guild Wars, World of Warcraft, EverQuest, maybe a little bit of Final Fantasy MMOs as well, where what the NPCs can do is very limited. I suppose that says a whole lot about what Bioware was made with Baldur's Gate, since things were a little bit more open. Open. <laughs> Well, Baldur's Gate is a beautiful thing, and uh, I'm a huge fan of it. I've been considering actually buying it on mobile. You can, what? Yeah, you, you can, can get, get it on, it on Android and wow. uh, and uh, iOS. Right. So, and it's not expensive. It's like six bucks. I mean, I would hope it's not that expensive. Baldur's Gate is almost as old as we are. It's true. <laughs> but uh, I've been very tempted to pick it up because uh, I, I love the nostalgia of the game. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites, even though it was ridiculously difficult. Uh, they didn't have uh, leveling systems like they do now. So well, they to did, some of our younger, I mean, viewers, they did, but it was very much based in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So second edition, right? Because yeah. it still had Thaco and everything. Yeah, it still ran Thaco, but like you would come into some random encounters. I remember the first time playing oh, uh, Baldur's God. Gate: uh, Tale of Sword Coast. I ran. Did you get killed by a wolf. No, no, no. It's worse than that. <laughs> I uh, I walked in. I hired like a whole bunch of NPCs mm -hmm. and like got them all part of my party. Left town, my first encounter. This is me level one. Mm -hmm. First encounter leaving the town. A level 17 lich with five bodyguards that are level, you know, like, like level 12. I think mm -hmm. they were level 12 yeah. skeleton soldiers that were decked out. First encounter. <laughs> Welcome to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Total party kill that you cannot leave. <laughs> that You could run away, but I couldn't get away fast enough because I didn't know what I was up against. And I mm -hmm. didn't think that they would throw something like that at me. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting to think about because a lot of the old console games, so uh, there was a Dungeons and Dragons, well, I mean, there's like Might and Magic and... Dungeons and Dragons, and even maybe less so the Final Fantasies. They, the, I seem to find that the JRPGs from like the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, that console era were maybe a little bit more forgiving than the American ones. 
Because the one I remember, which was like straight up Dungeons and Dragons, you have, you can make a party and everything. You could leave the town in any direction, but if you went from the north side, you immediately were in the end game zone and were fighting against dragons and liches and the equivalent. So you'd die instantly because you're level one. Yeah. So you're supposed to go through, I can't remember if it was like the west. You're supposed to go through one of the other exits because that's the starting area. Is there any way for you to know this within the game? Well, no. You're just supposed to figure it out. Yeah. Such was the methodology of game design back then. You just got to figure it out. You got to get those 50 hours of gameplay out of this 30-minute game somehow. Which is one of the reasons why I really (laughs) dislike uh, adventure games. Oh, like King's uh, Quest and, well, uh, yeah. Monkey Island Mm -hmm. and that. Because for some strange reason, these games have coined the idea that uh, find item A, use on door A to unlock area A. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they don't tell you what that item A is or what the door is. Right. So you just have Uh, to pick up everything that isn't nailed down. Yes. And... uh, I mean, it really shows in one of the newer... Uh, you mean... Uh, so, uh, it's it's a little reminiscent, or one of the newer games that they came out that is an, a true adventure game, in my opinion, in uh-huh. all of its loathing ability, is called <laughs> The Medium. The Medium? Yes. I've not heard of that one. So, it's a game where you play as a girl who has the ability to interact with the dead, uh-huh. and right, you kind of uh, move between areas... Uh, and they have a really cool mechanic of the game. It's sort of, some would say it's gimmicky, but I mean, all mechanics are gimmicky at the end of the day. That, that's that's uh, how games work. You're able to actually see things that happen in the real world and in the spiritual world. Uh-huh. And in some cases, you have to deal with the spiritual world and the real world at the same time. And in other cases, you would jump over to the spirit world to get into a different area that you don't have access to in the real world. The first time you interact with the spirit world, the way that they do it is by touching this mirror. But you have to have the right object to do that. What object do you think that this would be? Mm, That you can touch a mirror with. Would it be like chalk or something? No. Okay. It's a cat statue. Cat statue, huh? Hmm. Is it a black cat? Nope. (laughs) Oh. It's a bronze statue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I said, it doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> this is the whole thing that I hate about adventure video game or adventure video games is right. A lot of the times, item A and door yeah. A don't match up, mm-hmm. and you're just supposed to expect, and they just expect the player to know that you need to use this with that. But it doesn't make sense. Like if you see a key, mm-hmm. you would think it interacts with a door. Yeah. If you see a uh, like, I don't know, a demolition bar or like a demolition, uh, like a charge, like a, or something? Like a sledgehammer. Oh, oh okay, you would yeah, think, yeah. oh, I'm going to use that on the wall that is broken already. Yeah, not a cat statue on glass mirror. I suppose again, <laughs> it it really depends. I mean, again, uh, King's Quest and other Sierra games like Police Quest, Space Quest, and all of those quest games. <laughs> Johnny Quest. <laughs> Uh, well, no, <laughs> but all of those are notorious for giving adventure games a bad name because, again, 
when you know how to solve all of the puzzles in those games, you can beat it in like 15 or 20 minutes. So they specifically, um, I can't, uh, the name of the, the creator for the King's Quest series escapes me. So someone will have to tell me in the comments or something. Uh, when she created the first King's Quest game, she basically just like came up with off the wall ways to solve uh, some of the puzzles specifically so that you would die and try again multiple times until you got it right so that either a they could make money by selling guidebooks for it back in the day when strategy guides were a thing and you didn't just go to youtube to watch someone else do it <laughs> um <clears throat> and also to make it worth your while so again to get that you know coveted 30 40 hours of gameplay out of the person who bought it as opposed to them just getting through it within an hour and being like, well, that was fun. I'm not going to play this ever again. Instead, just have them come back and keep playing it and keep playing it and call the hint line and all that other fun stuff. Do it. You know, people complain about microtransactions and games and things like that. And I sit there and I go, it's the same thing that it was 40 years ago. It's just in a different package. Well, you never paid for that. 40 years ago. Sure you did. Microtransactions? No. Yeah. If you if you had to call the helplines, like if you had to call the Sega helpline and things like that to find out how to get past the barrel in Sonic 3, you had to pay like a dollar or something to make that phone call. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, never yeah. actually used those. I, well, I didn't either. But those services were not free. And That's the true, source but... books and the strategy guides weren't free either. But there's a huge change in the way that games are played now, especially with the introduction of online play. You're right. So these microtransactions end up becoming game-breaking items or ways to, like the only way to stay competitive in yeah. that game is to buy them. Yeah, I so agree. So you're forcing people to, you know, like a lot of people, you shouldn't focus completely on your gift. Ah. And that you shouldn't turn your gift into who you are. Yeah. And for a lot of people who play video games, that's kind of what they do. And I know a lot of people that when I was younger, that's essentially who they were. Mm -hmm. They were the gamer. Not a gamer. The, the gamer. gamer. And, uh, you know, like, you shouldn't have to push people who consider themselves to be the gamer. Mm -hmm. You know, because if they keep losing, then they feel they lose that title and therefore lose themselves. So you are literally forcing them to pay to be themselves. And I think that's wrong. I agree. Um, some of that, it's some of that too, I think is less about the fact that you identify as a gamer. And there's probably also a little bit of FOMO attached to it as well when it comes to the predatory advertising for a lot of things that are require microtransactions and stuff like that as well. In some ways, it is kind of one of the reasons why I try to stay away from online games because I don't want to get hooked into that. Um, in a way, I kind of have a fear of fear of missing out. The fear of fear of missing out. Exactly. Because I fear what might happen to me if I get caught up in that feedback loop 
it'd probably be very expensive for me. And I don't want to just flush my money down the drain on that. But, you know, back to Balin's route. I mean, <laughs> it is... This is actually pretty good, you know, talking about the whole breaking out of who you are, right? Because even though Balin is still the fishing NPC, he still kills, like, the the boss of the quest line for getting Willow back to uh, the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So it just shows that, uh, you know, even you, the everyday man who just as an NPC in everybody else's life and everybody kind of beats down mm-hmm. can still do amazing things. And I mean, by all means, maybe you won't go out and kill the Lich King, but try to remember that uh, a lot of the times small things you do have big impact around you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't really realize this. Uh, I can name a few people that I've been in contact with that I've tried to explain this to that. They just don't want to understand the circumstance of it. But like, Something as simple as making somebody laugh Mm -hmm. or sympathizing with somebody who's, you know, down on their luck because they're having a hard time finding their debit card or credit card while they're in line at the grocery store. And they they see the large lineup behind them, but they can't find it. And they're freaking out. Mm -hmm. Even saying something small and simple like, hey, take your time. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about it. You'll find it. Everything's going to be okay. You know, don't be... uh, sarcastic about it but you know let them know hey <laughs> this happens yeah you're gonna laugh about it later yeah try to try to not incorporate any passive aggressive yeah, energy into it you know just these little things that you kind of put out there it can really make something especially uh well i mean for guys uh guys don't get compliments very often right very yep. seldomly do we get told like, hey, your hair looks good or, oh, I like your glasses or, you know, mm-hmm. little things like that. And those really stick with us because we never hear those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be be kind. Be the hero for everybody else. You don't have to go fight a Lich King to do. You can just do small things. You're right. You don't have to be like, what the heck is the is the, the the PC's name? It's like cuddled or like hugged to death by ha- pandas or something. Yeah. Something like that. I remember pandas was part of his name, but <laughs> you're right. You don't have to be yeah. that PC where you dead do. death by pandas. Or death by something. pandas. I think that's what it was. Instead, be the NPC that uh, sees uh, Balin walking at the end of the day, and he says, "Morning, great day for fishing, ain't it?" And he says, "You know you're what, Balin? Right. You're right. It is a great day for fishing." <laughs> Carries on. <laughs> you know, just that small little thing can help out. Exactly. Although I do have to say that. I am, I probably, I feel like everyone has been that PC though, where you just like, oh, right. Yeah. There's a quest I need to get on with. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't care. Don't care. Where are we going? Oh, I have to go there. Oh, what? You mean I have to actually physically walk there? (sighs) Okay. Don't last fast travel. (coughs) What am I doing? Playing stalker? (laughs) I, like. I I honestly thought that he was going to show up to the fast travel thing and then find out he couldn't go there because he hadn't been there yet. So he hadn't unlocked the route because that is always the bane of your existence in any kind of MMO where it's like, I need to find the waypoint so that I can quickly go back and forth from here so that I can save the 10 minutes walking. All right. That was nice. That was quick and easy. See, that's one thing I do really like about the Stalker games. is The fact uh, that you do have to go everywhere in real time. You do. 
Uh, they did introduce a mechanic in the uh, uh, Clear Sky and the Call of Pripyat games mm-hmm. where you could actually use uh, guides, but it cost you. Well, of course. So did you want to pay that 6,000 uh, rubles to go from here to uh, to Zaton, from the, what is it, the uh, the bar to Zaton? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a lot of money. Yep. But it saves you a lot of time, and you're probably not going to run into fights along the way. I mean, I presume But at the, the same time, you're not going to run into fights along the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, that is kind of a tricky thing when it comes to something like Stalker or even like Tarkov, right? Oh. It's part of the fun, I guess you could say. That's the reason why you're playing is you might die. No, you play Tarkov not because you might die, but because you actually hate yourself. Oh, okay. You, it, Tarkov is the equivalent of the... Uh, Escape from Tarkov is the equivalent of the uh, religious guys who would slash their own backs with the uh, Cat of Ninetales and that. Oh, right. The the flag, uh, f- flagellates, I think. Yeah, the flagellates. I think that was what you, they You really them. only get into Tarkov because you want to suffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. suffer you will. Suffer you will. Yeah, but you won't suffer watching this, though. I mean, again, even though, you know, it somewhat bounced off me, I still was entertained, so... Yes, but good this job. is Escape from Tarkov. <laughs> You're right. This is way more wholesome in that yes. way. <laughs> You're not going to spend 16 hours configuring your kit, getting it just perfect for the run, only to go in and get immediately headshot by a guy who's not wearing armor with a uh, 308 semi-auto five-round magazine rifle. I kind of do want to show you There Will Be Brawl now, because <laughs> it is certainly darker than this. Um, I mean, unfortunately, there will be the whole it is very of its time sort of thing. But hey, there's plenty of things that we've watched that... Well, maybe we can do a little uh, thing. And maybe there our listeners will listen in on this and they'll like this idea. You show me something and I show you something. We discuss it all real time. That might not be a bad idea either. Because I, also I would need to... love to show you the Lord of the Disc, the Fellowship of the Disc. I feel like I have seen parts of that before. I feel like you've probably shown it to me before. But maybe I have. Maybe, maybe we'll maybe get Gareth not. in on this. That might not be a bad or Kimmy, idea. Because I know Kimmy likes uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. You're right. You know, it's always not a bad idea to have other people for things like that. Hey, we could always show them something like, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the, the shortly lived Knights of the Round Table animate, animations. Oh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> So Jolly good. Jolly Blackburn, you are a hero to me. <laughs> so good and so brief. Well, I think they actually still come out with their comics. I know, I know, but I mean the 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 um the, the animations and yeah. the uh, yeah. Cuz I feel like they wanted that to become a bigger thing and then it just well, it's kind of like Hackmaster, right? Very niche. The people that are really into it are really into it. But that's not a lot. Of, that's not a big market to draw from, unfortunately. Yeah, Hackmaster didn't have a very big sprawl, but uh, I mean, so worth it. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I don't think there's a whole lot more that I need to say. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of wraps everything up here, since we talked about everything from video games to tabletop RPGs to uh, being a better person. 
I feel that that covers quite a bit for what we got to see in this nice Half an hour uh, mm-hmm. video. <laughs> yep. So thanks very much, all you guys at Viva La Dirt League for, for this, because it's still got some pretty good uh, things to talk about. It's got some great conversations out of it. Oh, yes. And uh, again, thank you for all of your videos. I'm a big fan of your stuff. And, uh, well, have a good one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you.